Well, good morning. My name is Jordan. I'm one of the elders here, and we are so grateful that you are with us this morning to worship Jesus, our King, and um, uh, to lift high his name, uh, to spend time in his word, to sing his praises. Um, a couple things that I want to, before we get into the scriptures this morning, uh, a couple things I want to just highlight um, in keeping with some of the things that Nate uh, talked about earlier. First thing I want to uh, bring to your attention, for those of you uh, who either aren't members of Missio Church or, or for those of you who are members but were not able to be with us uh, last Sunday evening for our members meeting, uh, we had the joy, the privilege um, to install four uh, new elders um, uh, to serve, um, to lead, um, to give their lives for what Christ has called us to here at Missio Church. And so um, over the years, you've seen myself or Bernie or Adam or Levi get up and say, hey, I'm one of the elders here. And so now you'll see four other guys say that. Um, this morning when Nate introduced himself, he, he, he paused because he didn't want to say I'm a deacon. Um, Nate Maxfield was installed last week uh, as, as, a, as an elder. Justin Barada, uh, A.J. Watling, and Cody LaBarth um, uh, will from this day forward, or whatever day forward, I don't know, um, serve this congregation, um, uh, serve um, these, uh, these locations, serve this city, serve this community as, um, as shepherds who will um, shepherd the flock that has been entrusted to us, together with us. Um, and so we just want to let you know that. Um, why don't you be praying for them as they do this? And um, they've, they've really been doing this. We, we put their names forward almost a year ago, it seems. We, we, we threw this idea out to them just over a year ago. They've been doing a lot of this work for almost a year um, in cooperation with um, the, the, the four of us, and they've been doing a great job. They've been such a blessing. Um, and we, are, we, we couldn't be more thankful um, to Jesus for, um, for giving the gift of leadership to this congregation and for, for coming and, and bringing them to stand alongside of us with that. So we just ask that you continue to pray for them, continue to support them, continue to encourage them, um, continue to walk alongside of them and their families, um, their kids, their wives, and, and whatnot. So we wanted to make you aware of that. Um, Number two, I just wanted to highlight again, um, your kids have been a blessing to us. Um, I studied under a guy named um, Eugene Peterson, um, and Eugene used to talk about the fact that the most intimate form of praise um, was the cooing or the, the, the noises that a child, a baby, a young child would make as it cried out for its mother or its father, right? Um, and, uh, and, and so whenever I hear a child in a service, that's the thing that I'm thinking of, is that this is a child, and, and I used to think about that when my kids were small, um, you know, and believe you me, I am in no way um, a nostalgic person by any stretch of the imagination. Like, a kid would bring me a thing and be like, Dad, look what I did at school, and I would hold it and be like, that's great. What do you want me to do with this? Like, uh, you know, like, how long do you want me to hold on to this? Um, but, but when I hear little children in these services, it reminds me of that, that, that as a child uh, makes a noise or, or cries out for its mother, its father, it is like me crying out for my heavenly father. It's a, re it's a reminder of that. So your kids have not been um, 
a distraction, all right? Um, but what we've done in providing these spaces is just trying to serve you so that you're not worried about them providing or being a distraction. And so uh, I've worn my Missio Kids t-shirt in, in, uh, in uh, I don't know, not in honor, but just kind of representing that. And, um, and so that room is available to you to serve you. And um, it's there if you need it. But if you don't need it, don't, don't worry about it. So anyway, uh, without further ado, we're in Psalm 27 uh, this morning. And, um, you know, I'm going to make a statement to you this morning, uh, right now, um, that may seem odd to you, but um, we live right now during what seems to be like, um, I don't necessarily put any stock in year markers or anything like that, like 2020, 2019, 2018, any, anything like that. Um, you know, my birthday's coming up, I could care less. My kids are like, Dad, your birthday, your birthday, and it's like, who cares, right? Um, but, um, and if you're a birthday person and you care very much about it, that's great. You care. God bless you. But, um, but, but we live during a time that is, that is for us um, more chaotic than maybe previous times have been in our lifetime. I don't think it's more chaotic than any other time in history, but I think it's more chaotic than, than other times in our recent memory, Right? Uh, whether it be um, uh, COVID and everything that's come with that, whether it be just uh, political tensions, whether it be economic tensions, what, what, whatever those things may be. And although I am, um, um, I grieve with those who grieve and I mourn with those who mourn and I'm sorry for anyone who has suffered um, because obviously I'm grateful at the same time for the tension that is, that, is, that is pushing in on the culture that I live in. Because my prayer is that it, will, that it will help the people of God, at least. That it will help the people of God um, refocus and recalibrate. That the Spirit of God working in cooperation with the people of God, that their attention will be placed back on that which is important. Um, and... Um, and I think these psalms that we've been looking at over the past few weeks, uh, even if you go back to the last psalm that we looked at before the shutdown, Psalm 23, these are, these are lifelong psalms. They're not necessarily occasional psalms, right? They're lifelong psalms that David writes that really teach us what it is to live in relationship with the Lord God that teach us what it is to go, uh, to go um, in a long obedience with him in a long relationship with him what it is to walk with him um, through good and through difficulty and um, what it means to trust him um, and so um, and so we those of us who know Jesus and those of us who walk with Jesus those of us who've been redeemed by his blood who have been and are being transformed um, by the work of the Spirit of God and conformed now into the image of the Son of God, we can read the words of the psalm that we're about to read and we can say amen and amen. And we can, we can use a psalm like this in a daily rhythm of prayer and, and we, can, we can see that this is the way that God is calling us to live our lives. So without further ado, this is the word of the Lord. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an enemy encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent, and he will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, and I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that is found only in your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you're doing. And Lord, over these next few minutes, we ask that as we come in submission to your word, as we come in submission to who you are, that you would continue to Transform us, open our eyes, convict us of sin, convince us of the truth. Father, we pray that if there's any in this room that have yet to submit their heart to Christ as Lord and Savior, that have yet to um, uh, repent and ask him to forgive them, Lord, we pray that today would be the day of salvation. For those of us who are indeed followers of Jesus but need to confess sin and walk in truth, Lord, we pray that today would be a day of repentance for us as well. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you would have your way with your people, not just in this place, but throughout this city, throughout this community. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at, as we look at this, um, this psalm, you see it... it um, it starts off with um, this absolute declaration, this confident declaration, right? And David isn't um, like our leaders 
as he's praying, right? And, and, and as he's praying, right, he's teaching us, right? The Lord is teaching us what it is, right, to be in relationship with him, right? It's not this idea of self-confidence, right? This psalm, like, like so many of the psalms that we've looked at over the past few weeks, they begin with these sections that are focused on the character and on the nature, some aspect of the character and the nature, not of the one praying, Right? Not, not on the one who's, who's writing the psalm or the, or the prayer, but on the, on the character and the nature of the Lord himself. Right? And, and that's the, that, that's the, that, that, that is the, the reality of the relationship that, that God invites us into. It's a relationship that is, that is founded upon. It's a relationship that is brokered by. It's a relationship that is sustained by and that is, that is, um, that is absolutely, um, uh, um, you know, lived in and through who God is, what God has done, and what God is doing. The Lord is, Right? When, 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 you come to, when you come to a passage of scripture that just starts off that way, like that is it. Everything else comes out of that. Like the Lord is. Right? That should cause my attention to just go. I want to I see everything else right here. The Lord is. Right? He has not left himself hidden. He reveals himself. The Lord is. He's what? David uses descriptors here. The Lord is my light in a world filled with darkness. In a world filled with chaos. Right? Like going down into a dark basement. Right? You, you come into these old buildings at night and there is darkness all over. Right? And the only thing you got is like your stupid phone with that little light. And it's not sufficient. But so many of us are like, mm, and you're trying to walk down the stairs. No, the Lord is my light. In the midst of darkness, right? He illuminates and He shows me the truth. Right? He exposes the dark places of my own heart. He exposes the dark places all around, right? He reveals the fact that, that everything else that I might place my trust in is faulty. He is my light and my salvation, the one who leads me home the one who leads me back to the place that I need to be, the one who takes the person who is, as Paul describes, dead and brings him back to life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Like, with everything going around, like, all you have to do, right, is flip on your TV or flip on your computer or turn on your phone and you see people all around you who are panicked and in fear, right? Oh, this is the most, most turmoil-filled time in our history. Really? 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 I thought it was a Saturday. 
I'm going to watch college football. I'm, what? This is, this is the most fearful time. Really? The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Who, who, whom shall I fear? David's going to go on. He's going to describe in this, in this psalm, right, enemies, right? And, and he's a king, right? He, he might have enemies. I, I don't know the enemies that maybe I have. Now, I know that there are people in the world that don't like me. And, man, that is totally understandable to me. Like, I get that. I'm, at times, uh, and there are probably people in this room that would say at oftentimes, but at times a disagreeable person. I get that, right? And I get that there are, are people that, that may or may not enjoy my company. Totally understandable, right? I work with some guys that are really nice, and I marvel at it. Like, man, I say it all the time, you are just the nicest person. How'd you get to be that way? I don't understand that. The nicest. And they think that I'm making fun of them. I'm not. I'm just amazed at how kind and sweet and nice they're. Ed, you are a nice guy. I don't mean it in a negative way. They always think I mean it negatively. But, but even though I recognize that there are people that don't necessarily like me, I don't necessarily think that, that I have like a long list of enemies. My true enemies are Satan, sin, death. Those are my enemies, right? But because of the blood of Christ, because the Lord is my light and my salvation, I don't even fear them, ultimately. I want to stay away from, I want to stay away from them as they come after me. I want to stay away from the, the ways that the enemy, my enemy tries to entrap me into sin, the way he tries to entice me, right? I don't want to flaunt. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, dance around areas where, where, where Satan is trying to, to trap me in sin. Nope. I don't want to be foolish. But at the same time, right, because of, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because he died in my place and, and overcame Satan, sin, and death on behalf of God's people, whom have I to fear? No one. Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He goes on and he uses another descriptor. The Lord is, my strong, is the stronghold of my life. The refuge, the place that when everything else is falling down, I can run into and be secure, right? It doesn't mean that my life will be absent of conflict or chaos. It doesn't mean that I am going to experience like what Glenn Fry sang about, this peaceful, easy feeling, this peaceful, easy life. No, like all around there may be chaos, but the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Remember, the, the man penning this psalm, right? He, he, he's a king. Now, he's the king of a smallish country, right? Israel is not like some empire, right? 
But nonetheless, I would argue, because of his proximity to the, the, the Lord of hosts, right? Because of his proximity to the Lord God, he is the most powerful man in the world. But his power rests not in himself. He understood that his power, right? Everything that he had rests in his proximity to the one who actually rules and reigns. The stronghold of his life. And as a follower of Jesus, if if that is you this morning, there is nothing in this life that the Lord is not strong enough to hold you through. I say to my children all the time, right? My kids were young when my when my wife passed away. Like they were they were they were eight, six, four, two. Right? And as they go through life and they they experience things and they're worried or they're afraid. Like you've already gone through hopefully the worst thing you'll ever go through. Why are you afraid of this? Like you've come through on the other side and and yeah, there are scars. There are scars, but you are alive, brother. You are alive, my little girl, and the Lord is good, and he has led us through. He is our light. He is our salvation. He is the stronghold, right? What what do we have to be afraid of here? That this young person said something about us? That this job didn't come through? That this, that this school didn't accept us? What? 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 David goes on and he, he says this. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries, my foes, it's they who, it's they who stumble and fall. Though an enemy encamp against me, my heart shall not fail. Though they war against me, yet I will be confident. Because I'm confident not in myself, but my confidence is in the Lord. He goes on, he shares with us his true desire. And I'm sure that, you know, if we were to poll the average Christian, I'm not going to do this to you today because it wouldn't be fair, but if we were to poll the average Christian in America and to ask them, if I, if I were to give you one thing, if you were to have one request, to have one thing that would make your life feel or be complete, what would that one thing be? Right? What would that one thing, that one thing be that you feel or that you believe would, would complete your life, right? And so some people would say, oh, a spouse. Other people would say children. Other people might say, you know, a, a bigger house or a better job. One thing I desire. There's only one thing I desire. There's only one thing in the world I would seek after, the psalmist prays. There's only one thing. that I've asked the Lord for, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. 
I have everything else. I mean, David has everything else, right? He's a king. Has everything else. But wasn't created for everything else. Was created to be in relationship with God. You and I were created to be in relationship with God. And all of those other things are great things. Wife, husband, great thing. Children, great thing. House, great thing, right? Better job, maybe a great thing. But there's only one thing that will ever satisfy you. There's only one thing that you were created for, right? There's only one thing that you and I were created for. It's to know, to love, to serve God, to be face-to-face with him. When God creates Adam and Eve, he, he brings them into a garden, a garden where he himself dwells, right? And they have access to him face-to-face. Sin destroys that, right? They get cast out of that garden. And everything between, between Eden and then the new heaven and the new earth where we will once again dwell face-to-face with God forever is about the redemption and the restoration of all things. And it's only through Jesus Christ and through his blood, right, through his body, through his death, his resurrection, that, that we'll be restored to that. One thing I desire, right, is that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Not in this structure, right? That's not what David's talking about. The temple had yet to be built, right? He, 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 he desired to build a temple, he didn't build it. He's not talking about the, the, the temple in Jerusalem. He, he's talking about to be in the presence of the Lord. To gaze upon his beauty. To be face to face. It's what he desired more than anything else. What is it that you desire? As a follower of Jesus... What is it that you desire, right? Do you long? Do you desire? Do you understand who the Lord is, right? Light, salvation, stronghold. Think of all of the descriptors in the Psalms that we've looked at over the, over the weeks and months, right? And does that then birth within you, understanding who the Lord is, this desire for him? for communion with him, to be with him, this longing, this aching to be with the Lord. One thing I desire, right? Because I know who you are. That leads me to this place where I just desire to be with you. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter, and in the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent, and he will lift me upon a rock, right? He's talking here now about how in relationship with the Lord, God provides him protection and victory, right? He conceals me in a day of trouble, then he lifts me up on this rock. He's the one who brings me victory. Verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, right? And sing and make melody, this life of praise. 
Then the next part of the psalm is this plea, right? Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious. You have said, seek my face. My heart says, your face, Lord, I will seek, right? David continues to just plead with the Lord. Don't abandon me. Don't abandon me. You've brought me into relationship. Don't abandon me. And our time is running out, so I'm just going to come to the end here. He comes to the end, this, this conclusion, where once again he's, he, he confidently declares, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That it's not just this idea that, that, that God will provide victory in heaven, but that, that God is going to restore, right? That God, is, that God is doing something in the land of the living. That he desires, he desires to do something in this life, right? And the psalm ends with this, this kind of imploring, right? And it may be a self-imploring where David's imploring himself. And, it, 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 and then at the same time, I think he's imploring his audience. He's imploring us, right? Listen to these words. Be challenged by these words. Wait for the Lord. Right? For those of us who are control freaks, who have an issue that comes in front of us and we want to solve it, right? Wait for the Lord. Maybe you're lonely and you think, I just have to find a wife or a husband. Wait for the Lord. Or there's a situation that you feel you have to fix. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong in your waiting, in your confidence in who he is. Take courage. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. People of God, place your confidence in the right thing. You live in a day where everyone around you out of emotion, out of fear, right? Out of whatever is vomiting all over the place. And we are called to just wait on the Lord. Place our confidence in him. He is our light. He is our salvation. He is the stronghold of our lives. He is to be the desire of our heart. Not anything in this life, but we're to wait on him. And in waiting on him, we will see the salvation of our God, both in this life and the life to come. Let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name and we thank you. We thank you that you have not left us alone. We thank you that you have not abandoned us. That you've not left us in sin but that you, through Christ, have provided us 
one who is worthy? Worthy to reconcile us back to the Father. Worthy to do what we could not do. To be a worthy sacrifice for our sin. Who is our light. Who is our salvation. Who is the stronghold of our life. Lord, may we as your people continue to run into him. To run and cling to Jesus. May we desire, knowing who you are, may we desire you above all things. Not out of a, out of a religious or pious motivation, but because we understand who you are and we recognize that you are better than life because you are life. And God, we pray that you would glorify yourself in and through your people. And again, Father, if there are any in this room who have yet to embrace Christ as Lord and Savior, may today, may this be the moment of salvation for them. God, glorify yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.